Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from iLikeYou.com. If you can, give us a follow or a subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at iLikeYou.com. Now, let's get started. Hello everyone, welcome to the Hue virtual chat. And I think we have many heavy hearts over this past week. It's unspeakable, if you haven't heard, 215 children, children's bodies were found at a Kamloops residential school last week. Our worlds have been turned over again in amidst all of this COVID and pandemic too as well. So we're gonna have a very good and heartfelt conversation. So let's open the doors to all of our guests today and begin hopefully some healing and finding a way to move forward through all of this. Good morning, everyone. Hi, Susie. Hi, Cynthia, good to see you. Good to see you, Charlotte. Hi, Linda. Hi, Robin. Hi, Kirsten. Oh my goodness, and I'm hoping that, uh, yeah, Charlene is going to join us. I'm hoping that she'll, she'll pop in in the conversation. Unmute yourselves. I don't even know where to start or begin, but uh, maybe, uh, you know what? My heart goes out over to the pond, <laughs> to England. <laughs> we'll start with, with our, our guest correspondent and uh, our lovely, lovely heart. And more than ever, Cynthia understanding is so important right now and un- unfortunately it, it will be without acceptance at first but I'm hoping that the two can meet and we will accept and understand at some point yeah and I mean certainly you know it hasn't it hasn't missed me here across the pond in terms of the news coming mm-hmm. out of BC um, as well as, you know, in sport. And Canada 
unfortunately, is not alone. Um, they actually had a five-day um, moratorium on sports teams posting on social mm -hmm. media here because of the amount of racism that was happening. Um, and I would, though, challenge acceptance without understanding, Tracy, mm -hmm. because the key part is, is that acceptance, it's not that it happened or that it was okay. Like, that's, that's never what you're accepting. Mm -hmm. What you're accepting is, is that it is what it is, right? The current tense. And then when you get to that place, then you can make other decisions in terms of what to deal with it. But if you can't get to that place, then you can never get to the place of having the open dialogue that needs to happen. So you still need to have acceptance that it is what it is. It's not good, but it is what it is, much as... You know, if, if for this, the uh, sports stars that, you know, online with these trolls and them attacking them and you get the same thing. It's like they can't change the attacker. Mm -hmm. They can only change how. So they need to accept that that's how the attacker feels and so forth. And then the question is, what do they do about it? And then that is a series of actions. And that's still acceptance without understanding. Because remember, acceptance without understanding does not mean you need to accept it into your life. Right. No. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was the case too. I mean, the, mm -hmm. with Ethan Bear and, oh, I want to say hello as Charlene. Welcome. Hi, Hi. sorry. That's I okay. Was, That's I was doing way. some stuff here and I'm like, I wonder if, well, how I'm going to get notified. So then I went on my phone and I looked up and there you guys were. <laughs> so I'm sorry for that. Hello. Oh. Good afternoon. Oh no. And thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we're, we've you. just been talking a little bit, you know, before, the Kamloops uh, um, residential school story. It was the Ethan Bear story and, and the horrible racism. Um, and then now, 250. And before Ethan Bear, it was many other stories. Many others. So, okay, so Charlene, there's just, it's been terrible the last couple of weeks. And I, I think that we all have heavy hearts. All have heavy hearts. Very much, yes. So, I, I Our think. Our city's in a slumber. <laughs> with your, I guess, knowledge and, and wisdom, Charlene, uh, in the indigenous culture, it is known that the elders and the knowledge keepers are the ones that people look up to. Where, where do the elders stand today? And why is it so important for you to really try and help not only the indigenous community, but all of us um, find a way? to heal well i first want to um acknowledge where we are that we are on treaty one territory the land of the the dene the ojibwe the cree the inu the metis and we are i acknowledge that we are here right here on metis territory right here and i am a metis woman um my name is charlene but my traditional name is uh and um, I, my father and the ancestors on that side are from um, York Factory Cree Landing. And so I acknowledge uh, the elders today and the knowledge keepers um, and all of the people that, um, you know, that may be watching, I acknowledge them. And I was listening to our friend Cynthia uh, as I came on as listening to her. And I've been, since, since I've been talking with you and with uh, with Clayton, mm -hmm. um, 
you know, I, I, I seeked some, uh, some guidance from, from a knowledge keeper and a very important person in my life. And I mean, this talk has been going on forever. Mm-hmm. This isn't nothing new. That's, that's the, you know, that's the thing about it is that it's not like this is something new that we're going to, oh, what do we do now? No, this is like years and years, thousands of years of racism, you know, and you say, what do we do now? You know, I've been on this, on the earth, on mother earth, on this land for 55 years, you know, and growing up and seeing um, the racism in, in my community. Back then it was very silent. It was very silent. You didn't really, you know, you didn't really see, but today, because I believe, and in talking with some of the elders, and the elders are very sad. Today is, right now is a very sad time for our people around the world. Around the world, not just here in Winnipeg, not just in Kamloops, all over the world that are watching this. And it saddens my heart. It does sadden my heart. It hurts like, it hurts like a a knife going through your body when you think about it. And then to see, you know, the whole issue with Ethan. We are in 2021. We are, uh, we are in a generation where we have all this stuff and all this technology. And, and even those things are showing our kids. And that's where it starts. It starts in the home. Mm-hmm. It starts in the home. Babies aren't born racist. I mean, we see it all over Facebook. You see a little, a brown baby with a, 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 a white baby and they're hugging and they're so happy to see each other. You see those videos on Facebook and all across that media, social media like that. And everybody's, oh, is that ever sweet? You know, you need to take action. Action is what's needed. Behaviors are what needs to change. Cycles need to change. You know, and I can give you, you know, you think about just if you want to talk just about the, the indigenous community, you know, you start coming from, from that history of residential school and you think how that plays on a person's mental health, on their mental psyche, you know? You hear all these, these I mean, it, it's, it's now in scientific form and it's only until it gets to that is when it's believed. It shouldn't get, have to get to that to know that these these teachings, that this way of life, that these things that are happening are, are, are true and real. They happen. And that's what the society, the world has to know is that this happened, folks, like right here in your backyard, mm-hmm. you know, and now you're, you've got a, a, a young man who I'm, is, is very good at hockey. And those guys coming from the north, they're all good at that's We created hockey (laughs) we created that so i mean he's gonna be good at that you know what i mean and and it it just blows my mind to see that i got to watch this on my tv after watching the game first i'm gonna cheer on winnipeg because (laughs) but you know and i'm so proud you know and to see the syllabics on his jersey like for that for us that's progress for us folks that's so that's progress to see our kids going up. That's what we want. Everybody wants that for their children. No, everybody mm-hmm. wants to see their children succeed, their grandchildren. I want to see my grandchildren succeed. I hope I can see them get into hockey or get into something, 
you know, that they, that their dreams that they want to follow in their life. And that's what, whether you're black, native, you know, Hindu, Asian, whatever you are, white, whatever you are, everyone wants that for their children and their children's children. I don't think that's, you know what I mean? So what do we do now after how many years this has been talked about? You know, how many, how many, I think about, I was thinking when, like I said, when I, when you asked me to come on, um, I first, you know, I offer tobacco and I always go to my ancestors and I pray upon it because that's, that's something we've lost. <laughs> that's another thing that this whole world is, is losing is that faith and that spirituality and checking in, you know, all those things are said in books and all those things are talked about, but rarely do we walk that road. You know, and even our, our helpers, our healers, you know. So now we have this young man who's, who's a professional and he's in this, you know, in, in sports. And sports is, a, is a, a, a really hard place to be at, you know, mm -hmm. to begin with. Mm -hmm. It's competitive. You got to be on your game. You know, all of that, right? As individuals. But then you're in a team setting, right? And not one person does that team. There's, there's no, what was that saying? There's no I in team, right? We hear that all the time in the workplace. There's no I in team, right? There's no I in team for sports either. So it wasn't Ethan's fault why he we, they lost the game. It's because we are great. The Jets are great. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think that acknowledging, you know, look, look at in the school system, right? In the school system, we... we have all these anti-bullying, anti-racism, anti-this, anti-that. But again, it's not, nothing's going to change until people start to change, behaviors start to change, cycles start to drop. And I'm going to give you a story a little bit uh, in regards to my own personal. Mm -hmm. My children are, are Cree and they're uh, Ojibwe. And, uh, and I raised them you know, I hoped I raised them to be proud of who they are. So I'm going to share, uh, share a couple of stories. So when my son was about eight years old, um, he always, for Halloween, he always, always was a dra uh, Dracula. Okay. Every year, nothing different. Dracula, my, oh, Dracula, mom. Okay. Are you sure you don't sure you don't want to be this guy? You know, no, Dracula. So Halloween, we start getting ready for Halloween. I start putting the white, you know, smoothing the white like this on his face all over. Smoothing it out, smoothing it out. And I said, okay. I said, you're good now. Let's start getting, you know. He says, wait, mom, wait, wait. I want to see. And he runs into the bathroom and, he, and we're in the kitchen. And all of a sudden I hear mm -hmm. him say, yay, I'm white. Yay, I'm white. Mm -hmm. And my heart just, whew, to hear my little eight-year-old say that. And, and you know, that's sad. <laughs> so already he was already being bullied at school about being, he was told he was a savage, you know, all of those things. And my daughters too, they were called squaws in school. And, you know, and so come to now, my kids are growing. My daughter has children. And my two grandchildren, all of my grand, I have seven grandchildren. Oh, man. But these two little boys that I'm talking about are, she's breaking the cycles of that. She's teaching her, her children very, very differently. You know? And that's what has to happen. And people that are non, 
you know, aber, uh, indigenous, non, you know, people of Caucasian, they need to, they need to understand that. They need to acknowledge that, that the, this isn't going to go away. This isn't going away. It's been here forever. Mm-hmm. And and as individuals, because that's that's what has happened in our society, I believe. And again, this is coming from my, you know, my wisdom, my me, and what I've seen and what I've experienced. And, and so we've come to a place in this, what I've seen is that we've come to a place where it's very individualized. It's not that community-based anymore. It's not that holistic anymore that we used to talk about, you know, in those meetings you used to go to and we need a holistic approach. We need, you know, it's not about that anymore. Everybody is out for their own, you know, and, and even, even our, some of our healers are, you know, that are working in that social services and all of that, you know, you, you always got to check yourself. That's all you can do. That's all you can take care of. This is what you're responsible for right here. Your body, your mind, your spirit, your physical being. And so you got to make change in here. I can't change that man that's going to be calling so-and-so this and that. I can't do that, but I can educate that man. And I can make that a man aware of what how his words are hurting. And that's and people don't like doing that. They're afraid. We've come to become a fear-based society. Everyone's afraid. I don't want to say nothing because they might get beaten. I don't want to say nothing because I might get shot. Like that's where we've come. <laughs> and this, and you watch history. Go back and watch the history. And you see that we're repeating it. Mm-hmm. It's that's what's going down. You know, so when are we when are we gonna take um, responsibility? When are we going to take um, acknowledgement? When are we going to do those things? That's what I put out there to our, our government, our governments and our leaders and all of those ones that, that can make change out there, right? I try to make change. Every day I try to make change. I try to teach my grandkids. I try to teach my children, teach the people that are around me, and even for myself to educate myself more and more and more, you know? And we... So I don't want to take this whole thing up, but that's that's my little piece. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, thank you. Um, you're gonna, we're gonna get back to you, Charlene. I mean, it, it's such a. Oh, yeah, I don't know where to begin, but I'm gonna go to Susie because I, you know, I I talked to you, Susie, and you wrote something that very I found profound too, and and got me really thinking ahead, right, moving forward, which you always shine a light on. Um, yeah, and I, you know, I think there's a lot of people struggling with um, with what to say uh, this week, and even if we should be saying anything this week, or if we should be holding space for uh, for survivors of residential schools and their children and grandchildren. Um, my post was meant to um, put into words and perspective the struggle that I feel uh, as the child of immigrants. Uh, who have a different experience of what it means to be Canadian and what it means to be here on this on this unceded uh, land and stolen land, and um, I I my post was meant to um, encourage people like me, first generation Canadians who are born here uh, from immigrants, to understand that our parents didn't really get that information when they came here, and if they did, they 
they didn't necessarily understand what all of that meant. I know I can remember being in high school and um, this was just around uh, the time of the Oka crisis and Meech Lake Accord was coming up. And I know that in, in my parents' circles, people would say things like, you know, that happened so long ago. Uh, people need to get over this stuff and we need to we need to focus on what's happening now. And I can remember as a, as a teenager, as a kid thinking, well, I don't know if that's actually right. Like this is history I'm, and I'm a history buff, history major. This is history that we're making and we are supposed to learn from history and yet we're doing the same thing. So um, I, I, I don't think that I spoke up at the time because I was a kid and I didn't think I had the not the, the right to or the place to, but um, I thought to myself, there's other people obviously who feel this way. So as a child of immigrants who lives on this territory, I feel a special duty to inform my parents and other people in my same circumstance for us to inform our parents and say, I know that you had it difficult, you know, in your, in your, before you came here, even as you immigrated here, you had struggles, everybody struggles, right? But what I need you to understand is that the people who lived here also struggled and had things taken away from them, had their children ripped from their arms. Like that, that is a universal horror that anybody can understand, right? And so I think it's really important that we try to educate our parents and our grandparents, as it may be, to understand that there's learning that needs to take place here. There's healing that needs to take place here and that justice needs to take place here. And we, as immigrants, as the children of immigrants, grandchildren now, we can be a part of that justice and healing. And it is our duty to do that as we live here on this land. That's really important to me. And I struggled last year, even on Canada Day, I struggled because I know how much Canada has given me and has given my parents, but that also means that I know how much it took away. And that's really hard to reconcile. That's really hard. And the only path forward is justice as far as I'm concerned, and you, you know I'm gonna say that, but that is the only path forward. And that means that we must be willing participants in that justice, we must be willing to bear witness, and we must be willing to listen. It's not about it being anyone's fault. We're past that now. What we need to understand is that we need to heal this horror for the people that lived here many moons before colonizers ever got here. That's all I have to say about that. Yes. Wow. Um, you're so true. So right. Welcome, Susan. It's good to see you. Uh, we want to share your comments. And you know what? Uh, what you're doing, social-ish, I mean, although it's about getting back into society, well, this might be a great opportunity, spilling off on what Susie said and what Charlene has been saying, is to educate, right, and to have those conversations. And I really think it's the tough conversations we need to have yeah. because... Yeah, and, and you're right, it is. It, it, it's, it was an amazing, very difficult week last week, and I'm still, um, yeah, absorbing absorbing all this. And, and Socialish is launching, and part of the conversation with that is bringing people together so that we can share moving forward in, in, a, in a positive way. And at the same time, um, we have these things that come up in our life. They, this is something that we're moving through together that we're we're sharing together but how can we then also do some self-care while we while we move through this with one another and support uh, 
because there's an awful lot of heaviness and negativity around there and rightly so this is hard and it's not going away it's not going to stop it's it's not going well exactly and so then how do we come together and hold a space for each other and comfort each other and um whatever we can do to move forward with this collectively together and to open this space for um, people of all experiences to share and tell their story and, and come forward as themselves. So, yeah, it is, it is hard to say, oh, positive, positive. That's not the case, right? Because um, that's where self-care comes and that's where looking forward to a better future than we've had in the past and that we're living. That's about not redoing what we're redoing and, and not uh, reliving history by doing the same things we did before. As Charlene was saying, we're, we're starting to um, do the same stuff we did before. So how can we then do it differently this time? Yeah, yeah. it's tough to call. Um, Linda, I was just kind of thinking now about what the other three ladies were talking about. In all of this, and all of what we think, we're all so separate in everything, is now the time where we could possibly all move together as one. As Charlene said, it's not going away. And my fear is, is that this will be forgotten in a month. Or if everything opens up in the summer, like everybody goes and lives their lives. But if we start the conversation and include people, can we move maybe forward together from this? Um, you know, I, um, first of all, I, I really appreciate being here today. I think this is uh, such an important conversation and I'm here with a mother's heart and I'm here uh, really to experience grief in a group because to me this is um this is really about grieving and it's um i you know to me it just broke my heart seeing images of uh of the shoes you know people had it at the forks and and um that made it very real very like uh just really heart-wrenching and um can we move forward together i think of what charlene was saying and um you know about uh holistic um uh stuff i think i think this is a time for personal responsibility i think it's it's uh it's a time, as you said, Charlene, to check yourself and be aware of how racism is inside of you. And it's easy to point fingers and to say, these people aren't doing their part, these people aren't doing their part. And the fact is we all have internalized racism in us that operates all day, every day. And uh, to work on changing yourself, to work on um, getting better at listening at to the voices that need to be heard right now, and those are Indigenous voices. 
Um, and, uh, you know, I appreciated um, what you were saying, Charlene, that, you know, you're, you're 55, so am I. <laughs> um, and, uh, um, or am I 56? Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was 56 last week. <laughs> oh my gosh. That shows my age when I, <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, we're around the same age. Yeah. <laughs> um, when you were saying that um, back in, in the day, uh, issues about racism were silent. You know, people, uh, I mean, obviously it was, it was so prevalent, but mm -hmm. people didn't talk about it. But you, you said that, you've noticed that that people aren't as silent anymore and i wanted to see if you could expand on that if you could um let us know what you've seen has changed well like what i mean by that is okay so growing up you know you you know i heard in my home and i can only speak from you know that in my home and hearing those things. When I say become aware, it's become aware of our hearing, right? Because, and here, these have to be connected. This part and this part, your heart and your mind. You have to somewhere meet in the middle there. We come from here a lot. Lots, lots of people come from here, right? They don't try to make that bounce or they come from here a lot and they get over, overridden. But what I'm trying to say in that is that, so, and going back to where we where we came from, right? You're seeing it on TV, in your face on TV. You're hearing it on the street. You're seeing it on the street. You know, and people are, and, and both ways, not just in a negative way, in a positive way, people are, are, are speaking up and saying, some people, right? Because... Again, we've come into a fear-based society, and so people don't want to speak up. They're afraid to speak up. They're in, in, a, in a for a number of reasons, right? It's not just for racism. It's how you what you're going to say is that going to offend somebody? You know, I know for me, I try to be you know, I, because there's a few times where I've said some something, not even being aware of it myself, and how it affected the other person, right? We've come far away from that in feeling the feelers and, oh, gee, you know, maybe that comment that I said, I, I might have hurt that person's feeling, you know, that doesn't matter today. It's like, boom, boom, you know, whatever they want to look on TV, you know, in our sports, in our, in our neighborhoods, you know, move, get the hell out of here, go back to your, you know, you hear that, I you hear it, I hear it. And it's so, I've come so sensitive now in doing, cause in doing that, my own healing and, and, and becoming responsible for my own self, you know, how did that affect that person? Did I say anything that would have harmed that person? And so I go back to say, I'm sorry if I said anything that might have hurt you or, you know, because we're busy. We're, we live in a busy world too, right? We're on the go. We're doing this. We're talking, we're in conversations all day long, different conversations, different topics, you know, all kinds of things. And, and when you're not aware, you're not of yourself and what, you know, within your own healing, within your own, your own body, your own temple, those harsh words can fly out of your mouth so fast. 
And those things can hurt somebody that you never know. And, you know, I wanted to speak about that grieving, about the grieving part too, right? Um, we are, we are, and we've been in grieving for a long, long time. And when people aren't aware of the energy that comes in with that, that energy, you know, it, it flows into everything. When, when you're talking about, you know, history, that's dark history that you're talking about. You're bringing back that, that hit, you're bringing all that back up. And so now you're re, reopening those wounds, reopening those scars, you know, to many people that, that are trying to heal them and trying to mend them, right? But here we go again. And so mental health, taking care of our mental health, right? You know, before they used to say, oh, I remember growing up to that, to, oh, they're mental. Yeah, they got a problem, you know? So nobody wants to have no issues of mental health. No, hey, no, 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 you know? But today, oh, yes. Meant, and because why? It became acceptable to society. So everyone started on this mental health journey. And, you know, we've got to remember their mental health. We've got to admit work addictions. You know, I remember a time there, they weren't, there was no mention of a mental health and addictions. There wasn't. I sat around many tables, you know, and today... Lots of treatment centers, there's like a special unit for mental health, you know? And so, and that takes a toll on a person. I mean, our newcomers coming here from, from there, first of all, they're coming with trauma. Wherever they're coming from, for whatever they live, they're coming here already wounded. And they come over here, they're not told, just like our, our one of our sisters said, they're not told about what's to expect here. What matter of fact, and this is this is by an immigration person. They're told not to interact with us. They're told that we're drunks. They're told that we'll we're low. We're the lowest of the low. They're told that before they come here. And so now you have not only they're coming with their own traumas. They come here and they're thinking, "Oh my God!" And they're and a lot of them are put in those places where those pockets are there because. That's poverty. That's, that's you know, that's, it, it's there. It, all these things we're talking about have been talked about millions and millions of times over again. It's not new. So when you talk about racism, when you talk about all those things, the TRC, all, there's been things written. There's been, there's been um, actions that were supposed to be taken. What about those? Let's go back on that dusty shelf and get that book that was written how many years ago, back in the 80s, right? When they started with that. And I'm talking about the, um, uh, it was a time around when, um, uh, what's his name, was shot and killed. And they did, uh, they did a whole investigation about it. And then they made the IGA, no, the M. Elijah Harper? Yeah. Yeah. Harper. yeah. Came around that time, right? And they, mm -hmm. they brought in all these recommendations of what needed to happen and what needed to, you know, I mean, look at our systems. Look at our systems. They're all run on that col colonized, colonial Western system. It's not, there's, it's not ours. And I'm sorry, but... It, there was a post on Facebook just yesterday, and it said, um, 
about us as as a people that we don't want revenge. We want recognition and we want action. Something has to be done. And we are a people just like everybody else. I work, I have children, I have grandchildren, I go in my community, I I do the things I do in my life, for my life. You do it, you do it, you do it, you do it every day. Doesn't matter the color of your skin. Doesn't matter the, the, the race that you are. If you're, you know, whatever you are, French, Jewish, whatever you are. You do that in a daily life and so do we. But this history shows that it, we weren't nothing. We were taken, our, our, our ancestors were taken as nothing. Someone's got to see that's wrong. Like, please, it's not done. It hasn't gotten that cold, has it? Like, I really, I sit back sometimes and I think, holy man. I, my mom and dad were here. I told my brother the other day, can you imagine if mom and dad were here today? Oh my gosh. I don't, my mom would be like, she'd want to get run away. <laughs> And she, and she came here. She, my mom was. She came from the Ukraine. Oh, wow. You know. So yeah. So it's it's and and for me, the the Ethan Bear. I don't want to take away from that because, that, that was wrong. And something has to happen there. Just someone said the justice. Susie Susie said the justice. There's got to be justice. There's got to be. Someone's got to take accountability. That's the word I'm looking for. Someone's got to take accountability for it. We have to take accountability as individuals, right? So as a team, you know, like how did it be back in the day? If one person got caught stealing, there was four of you. All four of you would get in trouble. So if one person's on a team and they're shooting off their mouth and saying all these horrible, horrible things, discipline that whole team so that team can make that guy responsible to say, look what you did, man, you know? Like, there's none of that goes on anymore. So, yeah. And what do we do? Where do we go from here? What do we do? How many times have I heard that myself around the table? So what do we do now? What do we do? You know, and and then they just get shelved or they, they get, you know, summer's coming. The COVID's going to, restrictions are coming less and less. Mind you, just the other day we were in lockdown, but now they're going to lift restrictions. I don't know about that, but whatever. So, yeah, is it going to be forgotten? No, we can't let it be forgotten. We can't let it be. And we, as you say, we have a space, we hold space. Let's hold space. Let's hold space. Let's make them accountable. Let's take, like uh, another sister said, let's take, you know, your action on what are you going to do about it? Let's start saying that. Well, what are you going to do about it? You're talking about it. What are you going to do about it? Right. In my own family, you know, when I hear, like you say, we have all have individual racism, you know, in my family, when I hear stuff like that, like I was saying to my my adopted mom, you know, it hurts my ears when I hear that. You know, someone saying something like, oh, you know, really, how do you, you don't even know that person? That's what I told my sister. You don't even know that person and you're making a judgment of that person. How can you do that? <laughs> And, and then again, I say, 
is it me? Is it like, is it just me? I don't think so. I think it's many of us have gotten hardened from all of the, the trauma and all of the ugliness in, in all over the world. Look at the, the leadership that has come to play that I think about in the past years, right? Here and in the United States. Look at those things are like, they're okay. That's what, that's the message that comes out when we don't do anything. Oh, it's okay. You know, we, we hear someone t calling someone down. That's not my business. We'll make it your business. Maybe that person doesn't have a voice strong enough to say, you know, back off. You know, don't, don't judge me for the color of my skin. Don't judge me. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm thankful that I taught my kids that because they, they did some of the, well, my daughters did that. They were able to say, um, don't, don't call me that, you know. Matter of fact, my daughter punched the boy in the face and shrugged suspended for a little bit but then he ended up getting and I'm thankful because the school at that time the school just said took responsibility and that boy was was um reprimanded for that because you can't and that's where it starts it mm -hmm. starts in the home folks we our children they come when they come into this world they don't know a thing about that a thing it's when in this in the home and in the circles that we take our children into. That's where they pick that up in our society as well. In the music, look at the music. And I've been saying this for at least 30 years, the music that's out there, you know, the videos that are out there, the gang, all of that stuff, that's been around for years and people have been saying that for years. And again, it comes back to action. What are you gonna do about it? So, yeah. <laughs> Robin, what are we going to do about it? <laughs> there you go, Robin. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I have the universal answer to um, like hundreds and hundreds of years of um, like um, what I'm going to say is abuse. Like I'm not even going to like put it lightly. I think... Um, yeah, I'm just going to state my piece here. Colonization was abuse. Um, and, I, you know, I don't even know what to say right now. I'm just, um, I'm reading, I'm doing some work at the moment. I'm actually in the middle of rereading this decolonizing trauma work. Who's that I, done by? It's Renee Linklater. I met okay. her a couple of years ago and I, I read it and I, I started reading it again because I want to change some of the work that we're doing. But I think, um, you know, like we can say to people when people are complaining about other people, like I had uh, a bit of a fight with my cousin recently who was going on about all these people coming into Australia and trying to take over her land and change the language and make different things. And I'm like, hell, we did that to the Indigenous people. And she went, I don't know what you're talking about. This is our country. We're Christian. We're English speaking. I'm like, no, we weren't. This is this is custodians of the land were around for tens of thousands of years. And we just went, nah, screw you. Um, 
I, I you know, I watch people continue to say things and write reports, and reports mean nothing to me anymore. It's when we stand up, as Charlene was saying, when we stand up and take action, when we stand up and say, hey, just hang on, you don't know that person. Why don't you get to know them first before you make these judgments? When we're doing the any of the trainings that we do, it's always about like actually get to know the person first before you make judgments, right? Stop just assuming what it looks like. And I, I think it's, it's hard for me like I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm Australian and I have a horrendous history of the way we've treated our Indigenous population. And, you know, we're still not doing a great job. And then I got to live in New Zealand and I, I saw some snippets, right? I saw snippets where we stopped just having, um, like, white Western model services, where services were developed by Māori for Māori. And if someone else wanted to come in and be part of that service, that was cool, but they had to get it. It was going to be traditional in the way it was run. And I think and, and until we actually look at that in every service and offer traditional ways and ways for different cultures... Like, we're not actually going to make a change, but it's it's going to take some brave people to stand up and do it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so in in terms of, like, mental health, I, I'd love to say that it's different now and that it's more acceptable to talk about it, but I still believe there's a huge amount of stigma and discrimination out there and people are still afraid to stand up and say, yep, I'm dealing with something because they're worried about the stigma and discrimination. And if we all stood up and said, hey, we're dealing with a mental health issue, then the world would know, like, we're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we're everywhere. Um, and I, you know, I, yeah, I'm just gibbering now. But I'm, I'm going to do whatever I can. Um, I had a... Indigenous group come and ask me to, you know, play with my training and for them to, like, for me to work with them to make it, like, an Indigenous framework. And we're talking about the seven generations and um, feather discussions and, like, decolonising stuff. And it's just a gift. And if we could all allow ourselves... To, to be in a space of learning from others instead of thinking we know what's right for someone else. That's the only time things will change. And so there's a phrase that we used to use in a, like for people with mental health and also people with disabilities, and it was nothing about us without us. I think it's by us for us. I think that's the phrase that I would like to see um every group take on by us for us if it's going to be utilized then let's actually have the people who are going to utilize it design it because they're the ones that will know 
Mm-hmm. So do we want action? Well, let's ask the people who are at the, like, who are dealing with the circumstances that someone else made um, and they get to tell us what action do they want. And I see Susan go co-creative and I want to challenge that because I'm sick and tired of hearing co-production. But in my field, people with mental health issues are still the ones, someone goes, yeah, we want to hear what you've got to say. Oh, but we're the professionals, so we're going to do it. I think it's like, I want to see it stronger than that. I want to see by us, for us. That's all. (laughs) Drop them off. (laughs) Oh, Um, I want to go to Charlotte and Kirsten um, to talk, I think, about the families. The families of, or the school survivor families, but also the families of today. Like when Charlene mentioned her daughter is changing right now with the way she's raising her children. Um, Let's talk, though, how trauma can affect a family, right? Mental health and everything else in that bubble. Charlotte. Okay, that's a big question, Tracy, and I'm going to let Kristen answer it as well, (laughs) but I wanted to start with um, finishing a little bit Mm -hmm. on what Susie was talking about and educating ourselves and our parents and our grandparents, but also supporting our young people, because the young people Mm -hmm. that are part of my world are really, um, they're putting action to speaking up. um, What what Charlene was talking about and and how can I support them to continue that voice because they're they're sad and then they're hurt and they're wanting to make change and they're wanting um, their voices heard as well so I'm I'm really proud of the young people um, for, for coming forward and talking about it um, you know the the trauma piece and Kirsten you got to come off mute and, and talk on this as well we, we work in this area with so many families um, the the impact of, of the generational trauma that Charlene was talking about, that darkness that comes with it. Um, we all bring into our families um, our stories and we add that to our family story. So thinking about, you know, the words what, what Charlene was talking about. And when we're working with parents who have a child who are struggling with mental health challenges, um, and it's all focused on the child and what's wrong with the child and, and what happened. And when we start to talk about what happened to the child, but also in context of what happened to you and what your role is playing in the mental health of your family and your child's story, um, that's when we see so much dialogue happen and change happen and, and the supports come forward in how um, each member of that family can start to come together and support each other. Kirsten, you want to come in on that? <laughs> oh, I just think you're 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 doing an awesome job in explaining that, and uh, yeah, and it's and it's looking at um, you know there's been a, a big shift in mental health around um, away from what's wrong with you um, and what label are we going to put on you to um, what happened in your story, um, you know what what happened to you perhaps. Um, and maybe Charlotte, I'll let you continue doing an awesome job and I'll chime in after you. Did you say Charlene or Charlotte? Got two, Charlotte. two close. <laughs> um, you know, Tracy, like when Robin and Kristen and I were on talking with each other before coming on your 
show today. Um, I know for Kirsten and I, we really wanted to listen and mm -hmm. learn more mm -hmm. and see what we can do, you know, going forward, um, not only um, to educate ourselves, but also to, to find our voice and to, and to make change. Um, Charlene, um, what we do is we support a lot of families who have um, family members who are struggling with mental health and or addiction. And uh, we come from live perspective because that's our world. Um, we, we have family members who struggle. And we work with many families across Canada from all kinds of backgrounds. Um, and, uh, and it's a service that we offer for free, part of Robin's and my business. Um, that's our community. Um, we're based in Winnipeg, yes, but but we work with families everywhere. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's our give back to community. Um, Robin's rolling her eyes at me because um, I had to choose between Ontario and Manitoba and they, the border was not happy with me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm living in Ontario right now because it's my happy place beside the lake. Um, <laughs> um, so we, like I said, we work with, with families and, uh, and so we see a lot of effects of trauma. We see a lot of effects of, um, like we mentioned earlier, bringing your own history into the story. And uh, we look at supporting parents and family members to start to look at themselves and, and how they can support themselves. Because so often when you're caring for someone who's struggling, the last person you're thinking about is yourself. And only when you start to take care of yourself do you see change within your family too. So I was loving your, I wrote down your part, um, your body, your mind, your spirit. Like I really, because we talk a lot about that. Um, so I'm going to be taking that with me. So thank you for that. Um, I, I just wanted, if you don't mind, I just mm -hmm. like to share something about family. Please. And I, and I want to acknowledge um, you know, all of us as women, first and foremost, and um, acknowledge grandmothers and, and the mothers no no mother and a grandmother um but you said something about got me thinking um Kristen or, and Charlotte about um so when you're talking about family right for us family was the governance of of that's how we govern is by family with love caring sharing and that's what that teepee represents right represents that those all those poles and they all have the hell has a meaning and it all has those are all laws that as we would say in our family unit of how we have to be and how we have to live and what roles are what and all of that and there's prophecies and there's there's a passage of rights of how that all, all got passed down and everything right but when that gets broken and traumas are are, are starting that family concept of family is none and void sometimes, especially when kids are being taken, because we have another system that is doing just what the residential school system, that's the child welfare system. Mm -hmm. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> I can say that, I'll say that right on the top of the legislative building by the golden boy. but. <laughs> That's the truth. That's truth. And so, so now you know. I, and I and I give you guys all the kudos and all the honor of working with our families because, um, and even coming from a from a trauma trauma family myself, right, born into that, and doing the research of my own family, see where it came from. 
because it didn't just start with my dad or my mom. There's there's something something came somewhere, and I was the digger in my family. I'm the reverser, they call me in my family, because I reverse all those curses and I reverse all those patterns. And you know, I see them and say, Nope, we can't do this anymore. We got this is not no more, right? In my own family. But so when a family is broken down and that and that trauma started for that person, right? And and mental health is deteriorating because I do lots of, of research and stuff myself. And, and one of my favorite people is Dr. Garbo Mate, right? Mm-hmm. I love him so much. And he gets it. He really gets that guy. Like, I want him to be my doctor. <laughs> I want him to <laughs> counsel me. <laughs> but you know what I mean? He gets it. He really gets it. And he, he doesn't just, it's not just about, oh, uh, like you said about the children, because that's the old style of what used to have. I saw that too back in the in the early 80s, 90s, where they would, oh my, you know, my child's got a problem, and it's the child's problem, and so they take the child and they give the child counseling, and they get, but the mom and dad are doing whatever. Just like addiction, you take the the addict away from, you know, say the res. They come from the res. They come up here to go to treatment. They, I've seen it so many times. In six months, they look so good. They're feeling great. They're doing really good. And then you take them back to that community where there's, bam, back into the addictions, back into the abuse, back into all of that. And what happens, right? So it doesn't. It's not just here. We have to take care of ourselves. Yes, right. And that that, for me, I always use that that, that medicine wheel. Right, you. Everyone has a spiritual part of them. Everyone has an emotional part of them. Everyone has a physical part of them and a mental part of them. Right, we all do, and we are responsible to take care of those things. But then that circle goes out now, and there's our family, and so we have to take care of our family. But if that's interrupted, right? And 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 I've been saying this for why? Why would you want to take the kids away? Why not take the family? Let's take the family, right? I've been saying that for years. And now all of a sudden they're going to do that, right? But they're going to take this now. Now they're thinking, let's take the family and build these little homes where we can put the family in the home and have a worker there. And, you know, that's all happening now, right? That's what people are saying out there in in the good old lands. But really and truly, when you think back when we're talking about you know, residential school and all of that, right? So you think about that. First of all, they're taken. There's the trauma right there. That's broken right there. Then they're gone to residential school and they're, you know, and I'm not I'm not making this less, please believe me, but they go through all of that there, right? And then, oh, now it's time for you to go on now, go. Or they don't even come back, but they go. And they're supposed to go out into the world and learn to love and to be a parent and to no, how can you where did you learn that from not from them <laughs> yeah because they were teaching that right and I, and i've heard some stories because i i was in that that um i got to be a part of that with my adopted mom that's her she's a survivor um, and that's her baby. That's her forte is what she does, right? So I was a part of that. And the stories that I heard were like horrific. 
And so I think, wow, and you're expecting these people to come out here and be civilized citizens and get a job and da da da. No, no, it ain't going to happen, right? And so that, that for us, those things were all destroyed and interrupted in, in parenting, in family, in love, you know? One story I heard taking, um, um, did a, a, a conference on residential school. And one of the stories I heard was um, two people came, there was a big conference like we were at, and they came about residential school and all of that. And later on, you know, in the evening, they would go out for dinner and drinks and whatever. And so a couple of, they went out and they were talking, man and a woman, they got along, they met each other, they got along great. They were talking, sharing, laughing, everything. And they started having a liking, you know, for one another and thought, oh, you know, I, I really like you, you know, and yeah, I really like you too. And, you know, they, well, you know, they kind of, well, let's, let's see what happens throughout the night. Maybe we can, you know, so um, the night goes on and, and at, at the, as they're sharing and they're going on, they're starting to share about now family, where you come from, that kind of thing. They were a brother and sister. They were taken away and split as children. Can you imagine that? Almost, they almost were going to be together, but because they continued to share, that's, they were brother and sister. And so, you know, it has to stop where we're taking, take the system that we have now, that has to, that has to be like shut down and reorganized and redone. That, you know what that, you know what has to happen? That legislation has to change. That legislation for the Child Welfare Act was written in 1921. Like we're in 2021. So that that has to change. That has to all be written differently and, and shared differently because how I see family, how as a culture, as a traditional cultural thing, is very different than what another person. You know, and then don't forget now, these mothers and fathers are going into treatment and they're now going got to take these parenting classes, right? And the way that that person, because when you, you all know, I know you all know this, that when you deliver something, when you're speaking about something, people look at you like, well, she, you know, she must know a thing or two, you know? Look at, she's up there. She must know a thing or two, Right. Well, I hope she knows a thing or two. She's teaching us. <laughs> so so you go and you, you hear this talking about parenting. And many times I've asked the, the facilitator, do you have children? You know, no. How old are you? 29, you know. Wow. I was like 26 and I already had two two children, you know. So, and I mean, I'm not saying about, about that, but do you get me where I'm coming from, right? In, in the format that now you're going to tell me how to parent my children and you don't even have children, but you went to school and you learned all this stuff from a book. Well, give me that book because I need to have it 24 <laughs> seven. There's no book that I go by. I went by in my parenting. I'm sorry. You, you do, you read, you learn, you know, you learn, you can take a little bit here, a little bit there, but you're. The vessel here is the one that shows those little ones and guides those little ones. And if our people can't do that, we got to help them then. 
not take kid away. Sorry. <laughs> Very, that's, that's one of those, that's a passion for me right there mm -hmm. in regards to, you know, child welfare. Mm -hmm. Well, that's huge. Well, we've almost come, well, we're over the hour. I, Cynthia, you just, I, I just noticed a comment and maybe on closing to give us a, an international perception of Canada. Yeah, in the last dozen countries that I've been in, everybody goes, oh, Canada, like, and you hear about all these great things. But, you know, just like Charlotte was saying, it's like, is it, you remember that Canada has been charged with genocide of Indigenous peoples by the United Nations, right? Like, you remember that's the Canada we're talking about, and nobody remembers that. Nobody remembers, again, they, they think of it as this utopia of some sort. Um, and I just feel it's my duty. I mean, it's a great place. I, I love Canada, but I think people need to see Canada in its true light. And it's not this amazing place that everybody thinks it is. It may be better than other places, but it's not perfect. And until we start owning that until Canadians start owning that they are part of an ongoing genocide that Shut needs it. to stop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, well, thank you, Charlene. It has been an amazing conversation. And I, you know, I would love to have you back because I think there's just so much more to learn from you. Uh, and because I, I am I'm curious and, and I and I am very concerned for the next generations, the future. Right. Yes. Yeah. And and by having these conversations, we all learn more together. I oops, sorry. I've learned recently just talking to a couple of authors that have written books on the Japanese internment. And even now I am thinking more closely into it. And, you know, I'm up. People or relatives that disappeared or went missing, and you know, like you are right, history is repeating itself, and mm -hmm. and it does have to stop. And and hopefully, I I would encourage and invite anybody that would love to share their stories or lived experience, Susie, you know, in your community, in the Filipino community, um, Charlene too. This is a safe platform. You've met all of our fabulous crew here Be back anytime <laughs> yeah. yeah we're still not going anywhere so, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. but i want to thank all of you for all of your your wisdom and your knowledge and for having me here and you know just just um i ask in a kind and gentle way that you you know you keep our our ancestors and those ones that are that are hurting just keep them in your prayers and in your thoughts for today and uh, I'm going there right away I'm gonna go sing over there and be over there and take a teddy bear there um, but yeah because it does hurt it's very hurtful and it's got to stop it has to stop and we have to I think as well for me as a woman I know and, and a grandmother that I, I'm tired of not saying anything anymore and or hurting somebody's feelings or, you know what I mean? It's not about hurting feelings. Like, look how many feelings and people you hurt, you know? And I think about my 
adopted mom, like every time she, you know, she has to come back to those memories again, every time that this is something's brought up and they all do. It's not, that's what I mean. It's not going to go away because guess what? How many residential schools are out there and they're going to start searching? How many more bodies are going to come? And then again, you know, we're going to have to go through all that again, you know? So I just pray and I, I ask in a kind and gentle way that you you say some words and say some prayers and and give some, you know, some mind to to that situation and thank you all for the work that you all do and I'd love to stay in touch with and all of you <laughs> and I'm I'd love to be back. Oh, yes. Definitely. Miigwech. Miigwech. Thank you ladies. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. For listening. This has been a production of ILikeQ.com, podcast distribution from the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.